Talent wins games, but teamwork wins championships. Welcome to A Players, the podcast where we'll tell you how to target, hire, retain, and train top performers for your team. She was posting job postings on LinkedIn of these different roles, difficult to recruit for roles. And you'd think that that is the absolute perfect thing to post on LinkedIn, job postings. That's why so many people come to LinkedIn. But it was getting very low reach. She would just get 100, maybe 200 views per post. It wasn't really getting anywhere. I am Robin Choi, CEO at HireSuite, and we are sourcing automation software that helps 900 tech companies hire the best talent. Add me and follow me now on LinkedIn if you want to keep an eye on us. Okay. Hey, Madeline. Thanks for being here today. So today we're having Madeline Mann and she'll tell us all there is to know about LinkedIn and not only emails and not only job postings on LinkedIn, but actually how to build your own personal branding to um, well, just increase your recruiting efficiency on LinkedIn. So hi, Madeline. Can you tell us more about yourself? Hi, Robin. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So I'm Madeline Mann. I was the head of human resources at a tech company. And I was on the front lines of hiring. I was in every interview debrief. I was in the back rooms deciding with executives who would be promoted. And I saw that there were so many things that professionals, if they only knew what was happening behind the scenes, if they only saw what what we see, that they would make much better career and job search decisions. So I started building thought leadership. I started creating YouTube videos on my channel, Self Made Millennial. And I started posting on LinkedIn, just, you know, just trying to help folks. And what ended up happening is I really fell in love with the platform of LinkedIn. And, you know, in 2017 or, or more like 2018, I was I was kind of like posting random things and just getting getting my name out there and really testing LinkedIn and all the different features. By 2019, suddenly I started realizing, wait, it's not just showing up to LinkedIn and being consistent. There is a method to the madness. There is, it's not just an art, it's also a science. And I was able to unlock the power of LinkedIn and really discover what it is that allows you to build a powerful network very quickly and really in a meaningful network. And so between you know 2019 to 2020, my network shot up from 6,000 to 60,000. And I ended up being featured on Forbes, Business Insider, Newsweek, Bloomberg, New York Times, just really just my presence just completely shot up. And I ended up building an audience of over 500,000 people across platforms. And it's just been my absolute pleasure. And while I am on different platforms, I've just seen, I've been the one who's been training folks on LinkedIn on how to build this brand and catapult your ability to reach people beyond just having an in-mail, beyond just posting some, a link and hoping people click it, really building meaningful relationships and building this personal brand. And if anyone's looking for a job today, they should definitely check your YouTube channel, self Met Millennial, but that's a topic for another podcast. <laughs> yes. And so um, what's very interesting is that you don't have to build like major and colossal presence to be on Bloomberg and to be on Forbes to benefit from LinkedIn personal branding. What are all the first steps that anyone can implement to build their branding? And then what can they benefit from it? One thing to know about LinkedIn 
is that it is what I call stumble upon content. So if you are posting on LinkedIn, if I see your post, Robin, on LinkedIn, I did not choose to read that. Unlike on LinkedIn or a blog where people are Googling and finding that information, on LinkedIn, it's all stumble upon. So it's really about understanding who am I speaking to and who, you know, not necessarily being as targeted as you would on other platforms where you are maybe speaking to a broader audience and then able to kind of bring them into your funnel, into your interest by them really seeing your headline and understanding what your message is. So I think the first thing to do is to really start posting content that is speaking to your target audience and really understanding that, but not being afraid to branch out and speak to what I call concentric audiences. So you might have your core audience, but other audiences will overhear that, react to it, and then that will broaden your reach. And we hear a lot of things about uh, how to optimize posts on LinkedIn. They recently changed their algorithms. What are your tricks and your main advice on increasing the reach on one's post? One thing that I do is whenever I help any of my students or clients to optimize their post, because I spend 50% of my time focused on those first three to five lines and the 50% on the rest, those first few lines are really what will capture people's attention. And LinkedIn does track when people click the button, see more. So it's so important that you are really thinking about your hook. What so many people do is they start with from the beginning of time, like something something like that, right? They always do this kind of like broad introduction where they're kind of slowly getting into the post. It's like, well, there's a lot of things I've done this week, but one thing that really stands out to me that I would like to tell you about is this. It's like, no, you need to jump into the action. You need to make sure that this person who's scrolling through LinkedIn, not choosing to look at your posts, but is just served it, understands the value of that post immediately. Okay, cool. I'll probably ask for some advice on how to promote the podcast as well, because LinkedIn is one of our major audience. So the first few lines, and then do you have any advice? So we hear that people have to spend as much time as possible reading the article, interacting with it. Do you recommend using posts, engagement posts? Do you recommend sharing the post to your friends so they could like and comment? Do you see that impact the reach? Yes. So you said dwell time. Dwell time is super important. So yeah, really making sure that people are sitting, staying, reading your post. Some people just do a few lines. They'll say, hmm, you know, should we reach out to candidates who have only been in a job for three months? Question. You know, it's like, that was really, that's an extremely short post. You're not going to get much dwell time. There needs to be more meat on the bone. So yes, dwell time is extremely important. Engagement, yes, is important. So you mentioned pods, which for anyone listening, a pod is a group of people who essentially agree to engage with your posts in order to teach the algorithm, hey, this is a quality piece of content. People are reacting, commenting, engaging with it. I think that when you're starting out early, if you're kind of building relationships with other folks, like maybe there's a few other podcasts or a few other firms like yours, that it's actually, there is a force multiplier where if you are commenting on their posts and they are commenting on yours, 
like the rising tide raises all ships. So what you're doing then is you're now putting yourself in front of their audience and they're putting themselves in front of yours. And so that commenting strategy is actually really advantageous where that isn't really advantageous is if it's just random. Like if you're, you know, you're just commenting on random people's posts because you're not really building your audience based on other people who have similar audiences. So I think it's definitely, there's an element of reciprocity. If there are other folks in your space where you want to create like a mastermind and you're really supporting each other, I've seen that be really fruitful, but I don't really believe in pods where it's like, it's almost like they're just writing, good job, good job, good job. And it's just kind of like this really spammy thing, Mm. meaningful engagement, thoughtful comments. Or emojis. Yeah, but you're right. Like not to understate that having that early engagement, having folks who are there to support you, such as if you have an email list, you might post your LinkedIn post and then you might email your email list. Hey, you know, read more about like how to do X or, or whatnot. And I can send them to that post. So yes, getting engagement early, really driving people to your posts will help elevate you. Okay. And so the whole topic for this episode is how to use LinkedIn beyond emails and job postings to hire A players. Then how there is about posting and building your employee brand. And then how should you leverage this? What I mean is, should you be posting, we are hiring this and that person and trying to optimize that post? Should you have more like an in-depth and long-term employer brand strategy, building content for the audience and the people you want to be hiring? How do you do this? with a hiring focus? Yes. So I have someone who is in my LinkedIn for Thought Leaders course. Her name is Andrea. She is a headhunter. And before she got into the course, she was posting job postings on LinkedIn of these different roles, difficult to recruit for roles. And you'd think that that is the absolute perfect thing to post on LinkedIn, job postings. Like That's why so many people come to LinkedIn. But it was getting very low reach. She would just get 100, maybe 200 views per post. It wasn't really getting anywhere. She followed my process. So I do have a posting formula that has five triggers for virality. So you hit on all those five and you're able to really see massive reach for your post. And what she did is she focused her posts instead of saying, hey, we have this you know, COO role open for this innovative software as a service company. She instead thought, let me speak to the people who either know the COO or are the COO. And she created content that people were able to engage with. And this was able to then attract those people, see it by so many, such a bigger audience. And it also helped people to feel like Andrea is a person. She's a person I want to work with. She's a, I like her personality and I want to work with her as, you know, as a headhunter versus anyone else. And so that was a huge, huge transition. And so really focusing on that, really focusing, on adding that value and targeted posts like that versus, okay, just post, post, post these job descriptions. Okay. And this formula with the five triggers, is it some secret sauce or can you talk about it? It is proprietary. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) It is fire. It is really what my years of work have gone into that. So yeah, so there's some secret sauce there. Okay. And so what you say, which is very important as well, is you want to be a person and you don't want to be posting with a company's page, right? I would agree with you, Robin. I do think there are some successful company pages, but I would say 
you will get more reach if you are showing up as a personality as yourself. Right. And that's also a problem that beginners on we say beginners on LinkedIn have. They try to post with the company and will get very low reach. But you have to build yourself as a person, as a recruiter, as a as an individual. And can you give us examples, uh, very precise examples of the type of content that Andrea shared? Was it so we can see a lot of things? We can see people sharing jokes, we can see people sharing market news, people sharing lots of things on LinkedIn. What do you recommend people share when they want to target this audience? Yes. One post that Andrea did that got great engagement and I liked was she posted about the relationship between like an executive or a CEO and their executive assistant and some tips or some observations about what makes a really successful relationship or whatnot. And what was really great about that is it goes back to what I was saying before of, yes, she was speaking to those executives who she wants to recruit, but then also those people who have ever been an executive assistant or had an assistant or have worked with one were able to overhear and also engage with the post. So because this is stumble upon content, that post was able to reach far further than if she had written a specific thing that was only pertaining to CTOs, like in a certain situation, like she was able to really open up for a larger conversation that I think, you know, you could have engaged with, I could have engaged with, even though we are not the subjects of the post. Or posts still the best content to share. So I'm following you on LinkedIn and I see you're at the forefront of new all LinkedIn new releases. Uh, for instance, they recently released LinkedIn Stories and you were one of the first ones actually release a LinkedIn Story in my feed. Do you recommend trying those new features or posts still the best way to engage with the audience on LinkedIn? So I would say that anytime LinkedIn comes out with a new feature, be the kind of person who dives in and just gives it a go because LinkedIn pushes out new features and to a larger extent, like such as when video first came out, they superficially made videos the most prominent thing on your feed or artificially made them more prominent on your feed. And so really focusing on any new features will help you to get further reach. So yes, I definitely, as soon as stories came up, I thought, heck, I'm not sure what exactly folks are expecting on LinkedIn, on stories, but you better believe I am going to utilize them, especially in the beginning, because I know that even someone like you, Robin, would just notice that I'm using it. I would get additional attention. And now we see those slides popping up in our feed. Is this a new thing? And do you recommend slides as well? And if so, do you have any best practices to share? Slides. Yeah. So slides, you mean like kind of also like document posts where you're able to click through? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Those have great dwell time. And so those I do recommend. Here's the thing. When people are on LinkedIn, a large portion of them are on their phones and a large portion of them have the sound off. And so anything where there's text is optimal because so with, with the slides, instead of a video, they're kind of clicking through slides. Maybe you're making it really readable. Maybe there's just, you know, a sentence or two per slide. Maybe there's a visual, maybe there's a chart or graph. And those things are great because it's like eye candy. Like, you know, people are able to flip through, it's engaging, it's, there's dwell time. And every time you click that arrow button to look at that next slide, that is telling LinkedIn, this is a good piece of content. And they're going to then push it out to more people. 
Okay, so try to make engaging slides and like work as well. A lot of people are just afraid to post on LinkedIn, right? They're just afraid to, they don't know how to start. And I understand you're familiar with the five triggers for virality is proprietary, but maybe do you have the uh, formula for the five first steps that anyone should take when they want to start building their personal branding on LinkedIn? I would say the first step is to start being a commenter. Stop being a lurker on LinkedIn. Over 95% of folks on LinkedIn never comment on anything, never engage in anything. And what I want you to do is just start commenting, but don't comment great post, love it. Comment something thoughtful, really add to the conversation. And that will help you to kind of get out of your box because you're not having to create the original post, you're contributing to others. And this force multiplies. You are now building a relationship with the poster. You're supporting others' content. You are also piggybacking on that person's audience in a very beneficial way for both of you. And so just get your comment game down, really start doing that. And then you're able to then take notes on your phone, take notes as as different things happen in your jobs. If you are working in the recruiting function or you're in a leadership role at a company, oh my gosh, do you have so much material? Every day is a new story. So like, just make sure that you are observing different dynamics. Of course, we need to be sensitive to not, you know, release anything personal, but it could be something as simple as really like observing, you know, something that a team member did that really helped people to get out of their comfort zone in a Zoom meeting, you know, just, and then you kind of, you even praise them, right? Maybe you're praising them, whatever it is, take these notes in your phone and that will really help to get your juices flowing for when you eventually do post. Okay, cool. And a good exercise for people listening to us is to go to Madeline's LinkedIn and to my LinkedIn, check the last activity and engage with our posts, especially the one releasing this episode. And that would be a great exercise to start commenting posts. So I recommend everybody just stop listening to the episode and start doing this right now. We'll give them 10 seconds to do that. No, just kidding. So that's the first (laughs) step. And then second step is uh, actually starting writing your own posts, right? Yes. Do you have any advice on this, especially in thinking about when people should post? Is there very, uh, really different if you post in the morning, in the afternoon, on Tuesdays? Do you have any recommendation on that? It's interesting. I have been monitoring this for a long time, and I could give you times and whatnot that research has shown, but... Robin, like the algorithm is continuing to change, such as there used to be posts used to last for about 24 hours and then fizzle out. We're now seeing LinkedIn posts get an original push the first day, but then popping up on people's feeds four or five days later. So with knowing that the time of day isn't terribly important and there's pros and cons of everything, right? Like there's more people on LinkedIn Monday through Friday, but There's also more people posting Monday through Friday. So weekends are less crowded, but there's fewer people on. So it's, you know, there's a lot of trade-offs. So I would say that do a bit of experimentation. It depends on your time zone. It depends on your audience. Really just try a few different things, you know, and also I think it's really the time that you're able to show up to be honest, like just showing up and, and making sure you make a habit of posting and engaging is the most important thing. And if, if you can only do that 
at, you know, 6.30 in the evening, do it at 6.30 in the evening, whatever it is. Yeah, so the second step would just be just do it and stop posting. And then do you recommend a certain frequency for the post? Should people post every week, every two weeks, or should they just post when they feel like it? So I recommend giving yourself a goal. If you're posting whenever you feel like it, unless you are a little bit more of an illustrious writer, such as you really are able to just kind of sit down and just have things flow pretty frequently. If you're not like that, then I would say you need to give yourself goals. So I recommend, you know, several times a week, ideally, you know, three or so times a week that you're posting once a week is, I would say the bare minimum. If you do more seldom than that, it's, your return is not as great because people don't tend to see you. You don't really get the return on investment. You know, you kind of go too long with like really being on top of people's minds. Okay. And can you post twice a day, three times a day, or is there limits to it? I have almost never posted more than once a day. I don't think that it is really helpful. I think a lot of people who do post multiple times a day, they are typically just pushing out links. They're just pushing out, hey, reminder, I just posted this blog post. Hey, this, that. Where it's like my strategy isn't promote, promote, promote. It's be a trusted friend and you know a go-to expert. And so with my posts are a little bit more of like meaningful and starting conversation because I've found that that is really, it's crazy, Robin. Like with me looking to bring people into our company and hire people, I am able to message so many people on LinkedIn and I don't even need to introduce myself. I just say, Hey, you know, I wanted to, I saw, you know, I wanted to tell you about this position and they go, Oh my gosh, Madeline, so great to hear from you. It's so lovely, you know, that you decide to reach out and people feel like they already know me. And that, I don't know if there's anything more powerful than having a relationship with tens of thousands of people. And if, as soon as there's a moment for us to work together, they say, wow, so great to hear from you. Mm, okay. And then another question is also, do you build your personal brand so as to people will come to you or do you think it's a good way to just improve your response rate on your email sequences, on your outreach on LinkedIn? And then in the end, it's just an additional weapon that just benefits to the whole mix. Yeah. So I think it's both. Yes. People come to me such as I posted, I had a role open on my team and I posted that role and I described it and I talked about it and I talked about what kind of leader I was and why I was excited about this role. And the company I work for is like, you just like broke our ATS. Like there's so many applicants. It's crazy right now because I framed it as not just like, here's a role that's open. Like I really framed it as like, I want to work with you and here's why. And people were really compelled by that. And so, yes, there's like this, like people come to me and it's outpouring. And then there's like, when I've built this credibility, when I reach out, make outreach to people, people literally say, I am flattered that you decided to reach out to me. And that to me feels so good that, you know, I've been able to build that goodwill and that, you know, show my personality where they say, you know, when I reach out with them, it's not a cold message. It's never a cold message if they have seen your personality on LinkedIn. And anyway, 
if you're doing talent acquisition on LinkedIn, the people that will reply to you are on LinkedIn. So uh, you might as well optimize your, your branding there because the people that will reply are on LinkedIn anyway. Yes. So the second step is to get started, starting posting things. Is there a third step like we hear a lot about adding people? How do you grow your network? Because if you just have 500 connections, even if you build the best post, most optimized post, will the reach be as good? And if not, how do you grow your network? Yes. So LinkedIn does not really feel that you are existing if your network is below 500 connections. So you definitely want to make sure that as you're working with clients, as you are, you know, working with coworkers, as you do programs where there's, you know, other students in the class, always be adding all of those folks. If you post on LinkedIn and someone likes the post, add them on LinkedIn, say, thank you for engaging with my post, you know, great to meet you. Like you need to be constantly building this network And I'm not a person who thinks bigger network is better. Yes, your reach is better when you have a bigger network, but I'm talking about a quality network. I'm not talking about empty profiles from people who are in different countries who you will never really have anything in common with. I'm talking about meaningful. Like, you know, I said I I grew from 6,000 to 60,000 in under 12 months. A lot of people, like that should be a red flag for people listening because a lot of people, the way they do that is they just blast connection messages to people that are lions, LinkedIn open networkers. So those are people who will accept anyone. And that is absolutely not what I did. It was all organic. It was all inbound. So I wasn't really like, you know, reaching out to people, like hoping that they connect with me. It was all inbound. And so really just focusing on meaningful relationships, connecting with folks, just really showing up to the platform and creating those connections. And and that's really remarkable is that after you kind of connect with all these people who have connected with your content, suddenly that person has a mutual connection that you are interested in meeting and you message them and you notice that your earlier messages with them were something really nice about either their post or your post or something that you have in common. And again, it's a warm intro again. What I what I read, and I don't know how accurate that is, but I read that the network was to limit a factor including in the reach, but the dwell time is a much bigger factor. So you might be better off writing good messages, good, good posts than having tons of connections. But I don't know how accurate that is. And also a thing that I see, so LinkedIn's always trying to optimize and to refresh their algorithm. In the end, it's similar to what Google did a few years ago, and they still do today, just refresh their algorithms. And people who try to optimize only for the algorithm, in the end, become the great losers because you shouldn't optimize for the algorithms, but for the quality content, right? So it is an art and a science, right? There's different things. The interesting thing is the algorithm takes signals from human behavior. So everything I teach is both psychology and yes, LinkedIn does suppress something. So if you're, if you're posting a certain way or, or doing certain things, LinkedIn will suppress your post. So there's, there's both things, right? So you need to keep in mind both, but a lot of it's also really understanding how people interact with the platform and how LinkedIn interprets those actions and then either boosts your reach or suppresses it. Okay. Okay. So you think it's also a good thing to just optimize for the post. What I think is interesting is that nobody really knows 
what the exact algorithms are, excepted that they all will just uh, favor the posts that have the most engagement and most dwell time. So in the end, to achieve that, you have to make interesting posts and engage with your community. And that will be my last question. How do you encourage people to leave comments and to engage with the post? Should you close the post with a question? Do you have any tips on that? Yes, that is the number one thing I measure in a post success are the comments. That shows that you are, you've created good content. And so really, you know, creating posts where there is something, there's something to comment about, right? It's when you post on LinkedIn, one of the things that can be really helpful is knowing that, yes, you might be talking about yourself, but really you're just starting a conversation for others to talk about themselves, So really focusing on that type of content and then, of course, respond to every comment. It's gotten to the point now where I just, I get, you know, hundreds of comments. So it's, I'm not always able to respond to every single one, but I do work really hard to respond to as many as humanly possible. And it's amazing how like me responding to a comment, even if it's thanks so much, that really creates such a meaningful bond with that person. Well, thanks a lot for the advice, Madeline. And that's surely something I'll use for the LinkedIn post myself. And thanks for coming today. Where can our listeners find you if they want to hear more? Well, thanks so much, Robin. This has been an absolute pleasure. You can head to my website, madelineman.com. I also have more information on the course LinkedIn for Thought Leaders, if that is of interest to any of your listeners. And also definitely connect, follow on LinkedIn. We'll put the link to my LinkedIn in the description of this podcast. Well, great then. We'll engage on LinkedIn. See you on Madeline. Thank you. Thanks for listening to that podcast till the end. If you're still with us, it's probably that you enjoy the players. A Players is brought to you by myself and Hire Suite. We are building a sourcing automation software and we already help 900 tech companies hire the best talents. To know more about us, go to www.hiresuite.com or you can add me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty responsive and always happy to chat. The more subscribers, the best guests will host. You want to help? You can do a lot in less than 10 seconds. Please subscribe to that podcast. Leave us a nice rating or review and share the podcast around you. That really, really helps. Thanks a lot and talk to you soon.